the minuscule improvements matter more when you're starting something uncomfortable as opposed to things that are not comfortable, right? As opposed to things that are easy or comfortable. So always be aware and measure the little improvements. Don't ignore them. Don't just feel like they don't matter, they're not relevant, they're not important. They are, they massively make a difference. Hey everyone, welcome back to On Purpose. Thank you so much for being here. I love, love, love when I sit down, take a moment and record these episodes for you. I just had a cup of Sama tea, feeling very calm, feeling very zen and still. And now I get to channel and share and transfer all of that energy to each and every single one of you that has made the decision to listen to this as you walk your dogs, as you cook, as you edit, as you clean your home maybe, or maybe right now you are jogging, maybe you're driving, whatever you're up to. I just want to say thank you for choosing us. Thank you for choosing On Purpose. Thank you for choosing me to be your guide, to be your host. And I just want to take a moment because it's been so special. I've been seeing some amazing, amazing reviews that I have to read out to you. They're so heartfelt and so beautiful. And you see me sharing you on Instagram as well. But here are some of the reviews that caught my eye this week. So this is from AKA Jason. Good morning, Jay. I just wanted to say your podcast is one of the few that I have found to be a real game changer for me. Most podcasts come and go, but yours I really enjoy. I love the nuggets of wisdom you give that I can apply to my life. Sometimes your message seems like it was meant for me and the timing couldn't be more perfect. More than a few times I felt stuck in a situation and lately you've had the answers. I'm just glad my mind was open enough to realize it. Please keep up the great work you do. The world is definitely better for it. I know I am. P.S. I'm still playing catch up, so I listen to you five days a week. That message was so beautiful and it really, really made my day. Here's another one. This is from Jules. Jay, I love your podcast and I'm so grateful for your positive, inspiring content. I can tell you put a lot of thought and work into every episode you put out, especially your solo ones. There are so many gems of applicable wisdom I can grasp and incorporate in my life starting immediately, and I love that. I typically listen while I'm commuting or walking my dog, but I always find myself wanting to take notes. I love that. Thank you so, so much for sharing those amazing, amazing reviews So today's episode is something that I think a lot of us need to think about, talk about, reflect on. And it's all about how to get good at doing uncomfortable things, how to become comfortable with the uncomfortable, how to be comfortable in discomfort. And the amazing thing is that our whole lives, we've been trained, we've been programmed to avoid and postpone difficult things, right? Whenever you came across a challenge, you would always be like, well, what's the easiest way to get around it? What's the easiest way to get over it? What's the easiest way to avoid it? And at a lot of times, it was also about the idea of trying to postpone uncomfortable things. Oh, that conversation, I won't have that until next time. Oh, that really challenging situation or test, let's put that off, right? So our tactic with uncomfortable things was to avoid and to postpone. And we generally just try to find a way to create lives where we don't have to do uncomfortable things. Now, there's positives and benefits in that. 
right? The benefits are you can find flow, you can find rhythm, you can find momentum, you can get things done, you can achieve things. There's lots of benefits. We're trying to avoid or postpone uncomfortable things. At the same time, we've started to realize that there are a lot of benefits in doing the uncomfortable. There are a lot of benefits and advantages to knowing how to sit with pain, to sit with challenges. There are a lot of moments and opportunities where actually having the skills and the ability to tolerate difficult things can actually be good for us. They can actually be beneficial for us. I'll give you an example. When you're first switching from an unhealthy to a healthy diet, you've got to get comfortable with eating things that you're not comfortable eating. So many people say to me, well, Jay, I I don't really like vegetables or I don't like drinking green juice or I don't really love having meals that are free of carbs or bad fats. But we have to be comfortable with the discomfort in the beginning until the discomfort becomes our comfort, becomes our sanctuary, our home. Another example is workouts. When I first started working out, I remember just feeling out of breath. I remember feeling out of shape. I remember feeling like it was just so difficult. It was so difficult even when I first started doing yoga or I first started meditating. When I first started meditating, sitting on the floor for two hours straight felt like the most difficult thing in the world. Today, I found it as one of the most refreshing and powerful habits. So, so many of our best habits start off feeling uncomfortable. And therefore, if we can train our minds to be comfortable in the uncomfortable, or even if not comfortable, we learn to actually work through the discomfort or get it good at doing uncomfortable things, it can have huge, huge benefits in our life. So today I'm going to be sharing with you nine ways to get good at doing uncomfortable things. Nine ways to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Now, the first thing is start small. Do not start with something huge. Often when we go, yeah, I'm going to seek discomfort and I'm going to do something really extreme and I'm going to run a marathon or climb a mountain. And that feels really cool, right? It makes you feel good for the moment. But the truth is that it isn't realistic. It's not easy. It's not likely. We may actually end up saying, oh, that's too big a deal. I can't do it now. Or we may find an excuse or we may find a way to avoid or postpone it again. And therefore we need to start small because you're not going to put off something small. You're going to be easily able to accomplish it and it's going to build your confidence. This is the biggest reason you start small. If you think about anything in life, when you prove to yourself you can do something small, instant, quick, you start developing a sense of positivity. You start developing a sense of confidence, swag, bravado, in a good way, not not the arrogant kind. And the positive thing is there that the momentum builds. So I remember as monks, we used to take cold showers. You would take cold showers in the morning because you'd start with a small thing that was uncomfortable. And if you started your day with something that was uncomfortable, you were ready for the rest of the day that may have uncomfortable things to throw at you. Now you may say, yeah, I need something even smaller than that. Well, that was making our bed in the morning. Making your bed is uncomfortable. You just want to get out. You may just want to lie there and be on your phone for 30 minutes, 40 minutes. When you take the discomfort of getting out your bed and then making it, that discomfort is a start small. So the way you get good at doing uncomfortable things is you start with small things, simple things. And I've often found that these things 
can be done throughout the day. I know when I used to come home from work or the office, I would leave my shoes at the door and Riley would get upset. And it was uncomfortable for me at the time to put away my shoes. It was uncomfortable for both of us to put the scissors back in their place or put the sellotape back in their place, right? It's so easy to leave it out. When you start small with these uncomfortable things, you build up confidence, you build up trust in yourself, and you feel better about yourself. So start small is the first thing that I wanted to share with you. The second principle I want to share with you is when something happens that's uncomfortable, we usually run, get frantic, and get fast. I want you to do the opposite. Slow down, pause, and reflect. So let's say someone just told you, you know what? Everything's not working out for the shoot today. You know what? Everything's not working out for this meeting. You know what? We just lost the deal. It fell through. Instead of panicking in discomfort, which is what we think we should do, and what our body goes into that fight or flight mode, in that flight or fight mode, we usually move fast and frantically. And instead, we want to focus on slowing down. Now, you may say, Jay, how do I do that when automatically, like it almost feels like an urge from the body and mind to respond frantically. How do I actually slow down? How do I actually bring that back? And what's amazing about this is that that's why breathing for so many years has been the thing to go to. When people say taking a deep breath or take a breath, it's because that helps us slow down. It helps us recenter. Now, the practice of breathwork that I like to use is in for four, out for eight. So what you'll find is that your heart rate will increase, right? Your heart rate will actually increase when you're frantic, fight or flight mode, when you're moving fast. So your heart will start beating faster when you're nervous, when you're anxious. We've all experienced that, right? We've all been there. I feel it. If someone tells me some bad news, straight away, my heart's beating faster. You're feeling more anxious. Now, I've actually tested slowing my heart rate down with a heavy metal band near me, with traffic, with obviously in, in extreme scenarios like skydiving. But the idea of breathing out for longer than you breathe in, so breathe in for four, out for eight, this practice is a simple and incredible way to slow down your heart rate. When you really extend that exhale, breathe in now for a count of four and breathe out for a count of eight. You have to really slow down that exhale. And what I do is I place my left palm on my stomach, breathe in for a count of four, stomach comes out and then breathe out for a count of eight. You're literally slowing down your exhale so much. And I promise you that will slow your heart rate right down. And now you're approaching the issue at hand, the challenge at hand with stillness, with calm, with peace. What do you think is going to help more? Dealing with the problem with pressure or dealing with the problem with stillness, with peace? What do you think is a better input to the problem? Is it peace or is it pressure? We think, no, 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 Jay, how can I slow down? I need to solve this right now. I'm with you, but you're not going to solve it with pressure. You're not going to solve it with stress. 
You're going to solve it with peace. That's what's going to solve it. Peace is going to solve it. And so I want you to create that peace before you try and deal with the challenge. Now, this third step is more of the inspirational big piece. And I say do uncomfortable things yearly that are outside of your comfort zone. So do one thing a year that is so outside of your comfort zone that you're preparing towards. So all of these small things are preparing towards that big thing. For me, some of the big things that I did this year that were big for me when I first did them were skydiving. That was a huge one for me. I never thought I would skydive, right? I never, ever thought I would skydive. And I also did the cold plunge this year. And that was huge for me. And I'm looking for what the next one might be. Now, you want to do one thing for yourself, right? And it doesn't have to be something that's going to break you or absorb all your energy or that you have to think about it all the time. But it has to be something that you're excited about. It has to be something that you feel you're working towards. By the way, uncomfortable things don't just have to be these physically scary things. Uncomfortable things could be starting a business. It could be working on your passion in the evenings. It could be starting a YouTube channel or a podcast. Uncomfortable things don't have to be these huge things like I'm running a marathon this year. It doesn't have to be that way. It can be very much aligned with your passions and what you love. I'm launching Sama Tea. I'm uncomfortable about that. I've never launched a tea company. I've never uh, done that before. And Radhi and I are so proud of the tea we've created. And we're so excited for you to all have it in your homes. But it's something I'm nervous about. I appreciate that. I enjoy that feeling of being uncomfortable. So you want to do something every year, whether it's personal or professional, that makes you feel that sense of discomfort, that really allows you to experience what that feels like in a big way, because those big challenges also force you to rise. Obviously, I said that, you know, you want to start small, but you do want to get big because the acceleration, the pace that you're going to experience when you actually do something big, right? Like I didn't even know that was possible. I didn't even know that I could work that hard. I didn't even know that that was real for me. So the pace of growth is far greater when you do something huge. Now, number four is an easy one and a difficult one. It's easy because we've heard it a million times. It's difficult because we don't follow it. Surround yourself with people that do uncomfortable things. And you don't need to have every one of your friends do this, but you need to have someone in your life. I'm that someone in a lot of people's lives, but we all need someone in our life who's slightly rebellious, who slightly thinks about things differently, who challenges our way of thought. And I'm not saying you have to agree with this person or live life the way they do, but they push you. You know they push you. They push that button. They challenge you. They stretch you. You need someone in your life that's a stretcher, right? And there's two types of stretchers. There's the stretcher that carries you when you're in pain and there's the stretcher that stretches you to the next challenge. We need both those people in our life, right? But often what we do is we find people who the, the stretcher that carries us, but we avoid the person that actually stretches us and challenges us. And so I would encourage you to think about who is that person in your life that you know stretches you. They challenge the way you think. Whenever you call them up, whenever you talk to them, they say something and you're like, oh man, I never thought about it like that. Or actually in the beginning, you may even feel uncomfortable and think, I don't even like what they just said. Or actually I feel slightly triggered by what they said. That trigger can often be someone who's going to be really powerful in your life because you may not live life the way they do or you may not agree with everything they do, but something about the way they live resonates with you deeply. So you have to create, step four is find that person in your life 
that's good at uncomfortable things, that's open to uncomfortable things, that experiments a little bit more. Step number five, the way to get good at doing uncomfortable things is knowing that it's okay to fail. See, the reason why most of us don't want to do uncomfortable things is we're scared of failure. And when we say we're scared of failure, the truth is none of us are scared of failure. What are we actually scared of? What people will say if we fail. We're not really scared of rejection. What are we scared of? We're scared about what people will say if they know we got rejected. We're not really scared of stumbling or struggling. What are we scared of? We're scared of what will people say if they see us struggle and stumble. If you've ever slipped, if you've ever fallen over in a public place, what's the first thing you do? You get up and you look around and you're like, who saw that? But if you fell down or you knew you were alone, what do you do? You focus on the wound. You focus on how you feel. You cry. You let it out. But why is it that as soon as we're surrounded by people, we're more focused on what everyone thinks about our stumble, what everyone thinks about our struggle? That's what we get lost in. That's what we get immersed in. So knowing that it's okay to fail and knowing that failure is part of getting comfortable with failure is knowing how to get good at being uncomfortable. Failure is uncomfortable because we're so focused on what people will say and what they think. Failure becomes simple when you focus on what you're learning and how you're going to grow. So disconnect from people's opinions. If you stumble and fall and someone laughs, does it matter? Does it actually affect your leg? No. Does it mean that that fall was worse? No. Does it make everything sound terrible? No. Your wound is what the wound will be either way. So why not focus on healing rather than feeling more hurt by what people say and think? So point number six is measure the minuscule improvement. Notice it. Be aware of it. Don't just brush over it. See, the challenge with getting good at uncomfortable things is because it's uncomfortable, it takes longer to see big improvements. I'll give an example. When I first started doing cold plunges, just being in there for 30 seconds was huge. So being in there for a minute was massive. Now when I'm doing three minutes or five minutes or seven minutes, which I've been told is the ideal amount of time, seven minutes is the optimal time. When I'm working towards that, I have to measure those minuscule 30 seconds. You can't look at it as like, oh, well, everyone else is doing five or seven minutes and I'm only doing 30 seconds. You have to look at it as like, well, last week I was doing 10. I couldn't even get in, right? So the minuscule improvements matter more when you're starting something uncomfortable as opposed to things that are not comfortable, right? As opposed to things that are easy or comfortable. So always be aware and measure the little improvements. Don't ignore them. Don't just feel like, they don't matter. They're not relevant. They're not important. They are. They massively make a difference. And measure them. Write them down. Make a daily focus. Make a daily note of how it's happening, right? Make a daily journal of what improvements you're seeing because otherwise you forget about them. That's the other thing. A lot of people, because we don't measure how we improve, we just go, oh, I've been doing this for three months and it makes no difference. Especially when it's intangible. If you're trying to lose weight or gain weight, you can see that, right? But if you're trying to change something mentally, you may not see that. So we may think, well, I've been meditating for three months. It doesn't do anything for me. But guess what? You don't know that. When you stop meditating, you'll be like, 
oh my gosh, they don't feel as clear. Oh my gosh, they don't feel as composed. They don't feel as calm. You then start to notice it, but you don't want to end up in that situation to notice it. You don't want to let that happen so that you can notice it. Now, point number seven, this is a huge one. If you want to get good at doing uncomfortable things, say you don't know anything when you only know a little. When we feel we know a little and someone says, oh, have you seen that movie? Oh, did, did you know about this? Or did you know about this? Or did you hear about this? We say, yeah, 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 I know, I know about that. When the truth is, you know 10%. When you know anything less than 50%, sit and listen. Act like you know zero. If you know less than 50% about something, act like you know zero. If you know more than 50%, say, yeah, I kind of know about that. Let me share something with you. But don't confuse 10, 20, 30, or 40% with 50% or above. More often than not, when we know something 10%, we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know about that. I've heard of that. Oh, yeah, I've heard the name. That rings a bell. We say things like that, but that puts us at a disadvantage because now we don't get good at doing uncomfortable things because we don't understand it. So I want you to really pull back, pull back that ego. It's our ego that steps in the way of getting good at doing uncomfortable things. Our ego goes, no, 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 I already know that. Oh, I've done that before. How many people have said they've done skydiving when they've never been skydiving? How many people have said they've done something difficult when they haven't done it? How many people say that they've watched The Godfather and they haven't? I have not. I've watched Godfather 1. I've not seen the others. I did not enjoy it. I'm saying that right now, right? It's really important to be open about the percentage of what you know about something. Point number eight, accept correction and feedback without justification. Again, the ego puts justification in there so that we don't really accept the feedback that's coming our way. But if you want to get good at doing uncomfortable things, it's uncomfortable to accept correction and feedback without offering a justification. Now, at work, you have to offer a justification. But I want you to internally sit there in the discomfort that you may need to improve something. You may need to grow something because I guess what? When you're sitting there, it's like sitting in that cold water. When you're sitting there, it's like sitting in that rejection. It's sitting in that failure. It's going, I am trying to process what I am experiencing right now. I'm not trying to get out of this. I'm not trying to wriggle out of this. I am happy to work through this emotion and know how it feels. I am sitting there in that plank position, right? When you're in a plank, you can move around, you can try dodge it, you try and avoid it. But when you're doing a plank properly, you're just experiencing it. That's what you want to get to. And point number nine, don't avoid and postpone where I started. Accept and prepare. One of the reasons why we struggle at uncomfortable things is we don't prepare for them. When you know you have to have a tough conversation, you just keep postponing. Stop postponing. Start preparing. If you prepare for an uncomfortable conversation, you will feel much better about it. If you postpone it, it will keep eating away at you. How do you prepare, you ask? You prepare by first saying, what benefits will I get from postponing this? Nothing apart from I don't have to deal with it right now. What benefits will I get from preparing it? Maybe we can find the right solution. Okay, where am I going to have this? Let me have it in a mutual place where neither person feels threatened. How am I going to do it? I'm going to do it with love and compassion and positivity. So prepare, don't postpone. 
Thank you so much for listening to my nine ways to get good at doing uncomfortable things. I hope you're going to share this episode on Instagram, on Twitter, wherever you're listening. I want to thank you again for your time and your energy. And I can't wait to see you again next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Did you hear the latest tea we spilled? Well, actually, I make the tea. Jay spills it. I don't know how we allowed Radhi onto the podcast, but (laughs) we did it (laughs) because we're so excited to announce Sama, our new tea we created to help you soak up life's moments. We wanted to create a tea that doesn't just taste good, but also makes you feel great and has functional benefits to keep you balanced, nourished, body, mind, and soul too. We know that it's so hard to find time in the day to feel stillness and calm, but a cup of tea can make all the difference in giving you back those moments. And we knew that tea was the best way to do that. Now, Radhi, tell them the other big news. Well, guess what? We want you to be a part of this tea journey with us. So we've actually created a Sama Founders Club. As a founding member, you will get a limited edition sampler box and a year's worth of tea. Yes, said it, a year's worth of tea. They'll also receive exclusive merch, experiences and discounts. At Sama, we consider our founding members to be the heart of our community. You can sign up right now before this offer expires by going to samatee.com forward slash founders club. Again, that's samatee.com forward slash Founders Club. We cannot wait for you to be part of this journey with us and to join the Sama family. Let's all cuddle now.